glad I don't live in Egypt. I'm glad I live on Canaan's side. I'm glad I do. Open your Bibles again to 1 Kings chapter 22. I would ask as I preach tonight that folks not go in and out of the service lest it be a necessity or emergency. I certainly understand that. But I want you to hear the message tonight I believe to be uh, so very important. I could have chosen at least four, maybe five different texts to, to preach the truth of the message tonight. I've chosen this story in 1 Kings chapter 22. We read just three of the verses of the story. Uh, there's a lot more to the story and I'll tell you the story tonight and then give you the truth of the message that will apply to every single person tonight. Most sermons are helpful to a group of people particular. They help everyone eventually, but tonight's message will apply to every single individual. I'm preaching tonight on this subject, who is your priest? Who is your priest? You say, well, I'm Baptist. Well, I'll explain the message as we go through tonight. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to be in uh, the Lord's house. What a joy it is to be with God's people. What a joy it is to serve you, and I thank you for the work. Uh, Lord, I thank you for those that rose early this morning, that spent time in prayer and preparation for the day. Thank you, Lord, for the work that has been cared for. Uh, thank you, Lord, that the lights have been turned on, the, uh, the temperature set, the buses driven, the doors knocked on, hospitals visited, all of the work. What a joy it is to be a part of the church family. As I come to the message tonight, I ask that you'd help me as I preach. And I pray that our attention would be given on purpose. I pray that every single person would listen intently to the truth of the message tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. There's several parts to the story. I'll begin by telling you at this point in history, Israel is divided. It is a divided kingdom between uh, the north and the south. Uh, Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. Uh, that's the southern part of Israel. Ahab is the king of the northern part of Israel. It was uh, Rehoboam that caused the division of the nation. And they had an enemy. Uh, it was an enemy, an enemy of Israel and had been for many years. And that was Syria. And uh, Syria was a, uh, uh, an enemy that they had faced since King Saul. And uh, had he obeyed the Lord in his day, uh, this enemy would not have been present in their life. Uh, but it was an enemy that was against both northern and the southern part of Israel. These two kings were friends, Jehoshaphat and Ahab. That was because of a marriage in the family. Jehoshaphat is a good man. Uh, Jehoshaphat is a man that desires to please the Lord. Uh, Ahab is not. He is married to a woman by the name of Jezebel. And she teaches, she promotes, and she uh, practices uh, the worship of Baal. It was just a, a wicked, wicked uh, behavior of immorality, and that's what she led uh, the people in. She was married to Ahab, and uh, she basically, from what we can read in the Scripture, told Ahab what to do. Uh, told him how to behave, and she basically uh, ran the country. Ahab and Jezebel are, or Ahab and Jehoshaphat are friends. At this time, in chapter 2, the kings come together, and uh, they're having a conversation. 
Ahab has been telling his servants, he said, you know, uh, Ramoth Gilead, uh, there's been no wars uh, for three years between us and Syria, and Ramoth Gilead is controlled by the Syrians. We could take that, and all that is in that uh, could be a part of our kingdom. And so Jehoshaphat comes and Ahab tells him what's going on. And he said, Jehoshaphat, would you go to war with me? In the beginning in their conversation, he basically says, our army is your army. Our chariots are your chariots. Our horses are your horses. Our soldiers, our servants are your soldiers and your servants. And whatever you uh, do, we're with you. He said, well, I'm going to go to battle and I'm going to take Ramoth at Gilead would you go to battle with me? And Jehoshaphat makes a statement that's very important. He said, I think we need to get some spiritual counsel. I, need to, I think we need to find out if this is the right thing to do. I think we need to find out if this is the will of God or not. And so Ahab agrees, and Ahab brings in 400 men. These 400 men are wearing a badge that says prophet. Uh, they're all prophets. They work for Ahab. And Ahab says uh, to these 400 men who are hired prophets or priests, they're hired, uh, they represent God to Ahab. And uh, Ahab says, should we take Ramoth Gilead? And those 400 men, they said, well, sure, Ahab, you could take them easily. No problem. Uh, what they have will be yours. You can take the spoil. And uh, we all agree, 400 to nothing, unanimous vote. We believe you ought to go and take Ramoth Gilead. Jehoshaphat says to Ahab, I think we need to ask somebody else. Now, I don't trust your 400 hired prophets. Is there anybody here that tells the truth? And Ahab said, there's one. There's not two, there's not three, there's not four. There's one fella. That's a prophet. His name is Micaiah. But he never tells me what I want to hear. That's why I never go to his church. That's why I'm never interested in what he has to say. And Jehoshaphat says, let's ask him. And so they bring him in and ask him, and if you go through the dialogue of the chapter, you'll find that he mocks him a bit and says, sure, go ahead, do what your prophets say to do. But then he goes ahead and tells them the vision of the Lord. And he tells them, if you go, you're going to be scattered. Now, that's the story. And uh, what I want to preach about the story is not necessarily the story, but the fact that everybody desires to do right, but what we want often to be right. And I want to talk to you tonight about the power of influence. It's an interesting thing to me how these men are kings. And they let 400 people who they've hired to tell them what they want to hear. Listen to me. They're willing to take their lives into their own hands. They're willing to risk their lives. Are you listening to me? They're willing to risk their lives knowing that they're telling them a lie. Now, I want to distinguish several things here I believe is important. The purpose of the message is not to point out the fact that there are false prophets. There are. We know that. 
the purpose of the message is to point out the fact that there are those who choose priests of their own making. I want you to hear something. All of us do this. The purpose of the message tonight is to make sure you find somebody that will tell you the truth. It's interesting what one man can talk another man into doing. It's interesting one man not having the courage to do something, whether it's to commit a crime, whether it's to steal something, whether it's to have selfish behavior, whatever the case may be. It's interesting the courage that that one person can receive from just one other person that says, yeah, you ought to do that. I don't see anything wrong with that. Sure, that will help you. You'll enjoy that. The purpose of the message tonight is for us to say, make sure you have folks in your cabinet of counselors that will always tell you the truth. Jezebel hired a false priest. Jeroboam did. Ahab did. Micah did in Judges chapter 17. The people of Dan did in Judges chapter 18. And I want to point out it's one thing for a false prophet to deceive someone. It is different. It is a different matter altogether to choose a false prophet that you know is telling you what you want to hear rather than telling you the truth. Now there's a difference in false prophets that deceive. There's some working to deceive. It's one thing to be a false prophet for a false god. That means you're a prophet of Baal. So you have a false god and you're a false prophet. It is another thing to, be a, to claim to be a prophet for the God of heaven and deceive uh, for a lie for self-gain. Deceive uh, with the truth for self-gain. You understand the purpose of a prophet, the purpose of a priest was to be a go-between between man and God. You want a prophet always uh, who will tell you what the will of God is, what the word of God is, what the truth of God is. You want someone that will warn you of danger and prevent disaster in your life. It's important that all of us decide, I want people to counsel me who will always tell me the truth. Think with me tonight. There was a time in America that as a whole in our nation, we sought truth. In fact, we knew what it was. We knew it was the word of God. Our forefathers had told us so. They had founded the nation on this Bible, the word of God. They had founded the nation upon it. They read it. They memorized it. They lived by it. Uh, they read it every day. It was a part of their life. And our nation was that way. And up until the 60s, this book was a part of the curriculum of our school system. Are you with me tonight? I mean, it was, a, it was a part of the curriculum. In fact, in the beginning, it was the curriculum. And as different curriculum uh, developed, uh, the Bible was still a part of that. There were those that said, we don't want the Bible. That is, a, uh, that is against what we want to hear. Uh, we don't want that. And so uh, systematically, they took the Bible uh, out of our school system. But there was a time in America that we sought truth as a whole. One of the problems that we faced in that day was false religions were a, prophet, uh, were a problem. False religions were a problem. As many would believe such things as, do the best you can and you'll make it to heaven. That's not true. 
trust Christ as Savior, and you'll go to heaven. Uh, false religion would say, give money to certain churches or organizations and you'll make it to heaven. Some claim that salvation was in the law. Some claim that salvation was in works. These were false religions and many good people believed these things and were deceived. I could give a long list of those of false religions. That was a problem that we had in America at one time. Uh, Eve was deceived when she listened to Satan. She thought she was doing what was right according to the serpent that was a subtle creature. And uh, she, she wanted uh, that to be right, but she was deceived. Now, there was a time folks that sought truth in America and false religion was a prophet. Then there came a day when people did not seek truth and right, but they sought to be truth and to be what was right, and they themselves could not declare it, so they sought company that would agree with what they already believed to be truth and right. They wanted others to agree. They gathered together a group of people that would agree with them. They, like Ahab, uh, hired people. And though they did not call them prophets or priests, uh, they gathered people that would tell them what they wanted to hear. They did not want the truth from God. They do not want the truth of God. In fact, there are many. They hate the truth of God and the men that would tell them the truth. That's the difference today and America come some 50 years ago. Sadly, there were those 50 years ago seeking truth and they were told a lie. We're at a place today that many in America, they're not seeking truth. They're seeking to hear what they want to hear. Uh, for example, if you and I this week knocked on a thousand doors or we talked to a thousand people and we asked them about church, a common answer you would hear is this. Well, I'm looking for a church that I like. I'm looking for a church where I can fit in. That's what you would hear most of the time. You will seldom hear, I'm just looking for a church that preaches the truth. You don't hear that much today. What you hear is, I'm looking for a church where I can fit in. You know what they're saying? I don't want to change anything. I don't want to change an attitude. I don't want to change a behavior. I don't want anything changed in my life. I'm satisfied with being God in my life, and I'm looking for a church that will encourage that behavior. That's where we are in our nation today. They're looking for someone like Ahab was that will tell them what they want to hear. But wait a minute, let me get your attention. Sadly, there are many people in church, in this church, in the right place, taking part in right activities that are still not looking for truth. But they're looking for someone to tell them what they want to hear. They're no different than Ahab. They're part of a good church, but they're no different than Ahab. I don't want to talk to her. She always tells me something I don't want to hear. I don't want to listen to him. He never tells me what I want to hear. They don't like me. Can I tell you something? Truth and right is far greater than who likes who and who doesn't like who. Truth and right is just a matter of what God says, and that ought to be the desire of every Christian to do what is right to do. 
There's some who have questions about dating, about relationships, about marriage. And rather than going to someone that they know will tell them the truth, they're looking for somebody in church that will tell them what they want to hear. Now there's a warning in both directions. There's a warning in seeking someone like that and there is a warning to being someone like that. Now, when it comes to this matter of dating, comes to this matter of relationships, and when I say that, I'm not talking about living in adultery or living in sin. I'm not talking about that. When I'm talking about when I'm talking about uh, relationships, I'm talking about good and godly behavior. We ought to find out what the Bible says and and decide that is the truth. That is the word of God. That's the life I want to live. That's the pattern I want to follow. That's the behavior I want in my life. When it comes to decisions of righteousness and what to do uh, with your life, when it comes to questions of morality, when it comes to questions of behavior, do you see anything wrong with this? Do you see anything wrong with this music or uh, this? Uh, uh, do you think this is modest dress or do you think this is the proper attitude? May I say tonight, we ought to seek somebody that will tell us what God says and tell us what the truth is. The power of influence. There are those that are seeking agreement rather than truth. And, and the truth is, that's what my flesh wants. My flesh wants to talk to only those that agree with me. That's why it's important that I read the Word of God every day and that I determine that I'm not going to live life according to my will, but according to the Word of God. Now, there are those who seek that and there are those who want to be that false prophet. I'd hate to be a false priest telling someone what they wanted to hear rather than what the truth is. Can I tell you, I am not the standard of truth and right. It's my responsibility to hold up the standard of truth and right. You're not disagreeing or agreeing with me. You're agreeing or disagreeing with the Word of God. How terrible it is to advise anyone against what is right, against those that, that, that should be hearing right. Can I tell you, every rebel is looking for somebody to say you're right. Every rebel is looking for somebody to tell them they're doing right. How awful to counsel a Christian against what is right to do in the Word of God, whether you do it by way of social media. You don't, you don't need to state, I don't agree with preacher on this. You ought to say, I don't agree with Matthew chapter, whatever the chapter. You ought to just go ahead and put the verse on there and say, I don't agree with this verse. It's not a matter of us agreeing with one another. It's a matter of us agreeing with what the Word of God says. And when I read the Scripture, I find that everybody wanted a preacher. But they want a preacher to tell them what they want to hear rather than what thus saith the Lord. May God help us tonight to say, I want to hear the truth. I want to hear what's right. If it hurts me, that's all right. I want to change because right produces joy and disobedience brings sadness and destruction. 
I'm talking about teenagers tonight. I'm talking about a college student. I'm talking about church members tonight. Be careful when someone asks you advice about something. If you don't know what the scripture says, you ought to say, you ought to ask your mom and dad that question. You ought to ask the pastor that question. You ought to find out what the word of God says. We must pay attention to the power of influence. We don't know how, how strengthening, strengthening it is. You know, crimes are committed because someone has a desire, but they don't have enough courage, and someone gives them just a bit of courage, and they continue on with the crime. I don't want to lead anyone into sin and disobedience. I want to lead folks to that which is right. We are responsible for the power of our influence. Remember that often, often people do not ask what we know. They're asking to see if we agree with them. Don't be impressed with people. Don't, don't get proud with someone asking your opinion and advice. Be cautious about giving an answer. Well, if someone's trying to get you to disagree with their parents, I'd be, I'd be afraid to be the person that advised them against their mom and dad. Well, I don't see anything wrong with dating them. If their dad doesn't agree with it, that's wrong enough. Well, I don't see anything wrong with it. I know the preacher mentions it from time to time. Can I tell you, you need not let some rebellious teenage girl tell you how to dress or not to dress. You don't need some rebellious uh, uh, young man to tell you what you ought to do or shouldn't do. I don't want to be a part of the 400. I'm looking for that Micaiah that would say, I just have to tell you what God said. A step further, we need to hunger to know what truth is. As parents, I want to know the word of God so I can give a Bible answer. Children are going to ask questions. They ought to ask questions. And parents ought to answer their questions. I don't need you to answer questions for my children about the scripture that I've already answered. I don't need folks, uh, and you don't need folks to disagree with your children or with you and giving them counsel against the word of God. We need to hunger to know what the word of God says. We as parents need to know what the Bible says. Teachers ought to know what the word of God says. Preachers ought to know the truth of the word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Be careful about those that are looking for the kiss. Let's hunger to look for truth. I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Galatians chapter 4. I want you to see a verse if I could ask everyone who has a Bible tonight to look at this verse. I've written down the wrong reference, but we're still going to see the verse. I'll find it here in just a minute. I don't know what the verse is. I'm going to look up the reference here in just a moment. 
The verse says, Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? What's the reference for that? 4.16. I had 4.11 written down. 4.16. Notice what the Bible says. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? What teenager's mad at your parents tonight because they told you the truth? Who, who, who's mad at their mom and dad tonight because they told you the truth? What, what, what college student is upset at a, at, at, at a pastor because they told you the truth? If you're angry tonight, if you're upset because somebody told you the truth, you don't need to look for a different preacher. You need to change your attitude. Paul asked the question, Am I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. Look at verse number 17. They zealously affect you, but not well. There were folks teaching the people of Galatia that you had to add works to your salvation. You had to add the law to grace. Paul said, they're not telling you the truth. I'm telling you salvation is by grace through faith and faith alone in Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you the truth. And if you get mad at me, he said, am I, have you become, uh, am I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Can I tell you tonight we need to hunger for what is truth and what is right. We need to speak the truth according to the word of the Lord. How sad it is to give a kiss of deceit when the wound of truth is what's needed. Peter said, I go a fishing. They said, we're going with you. Anytime we're making a decision, you, 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 know, you know what lawmakers of Frankfurt are doing this weekend? They're looking for support to expand gambling. That's what they're looking for. How sad it is. There's some waiting tonight to see if I'm going to say anything about it. I hate you had to wait so long, but I'm telling you right now, to trust in sin and vice is a slap in the face of God. Can I tell you our nation is prospering financially? We don't need to trust in sin and vice to take care of our desires. State government ought to do what you and I have to do. And if we don't have enough money, we don't come up with a scheme to cheat people. Do you understand that 99.5% of people have to lose for there to be a winner? Now, when Micaiah told Ahab, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be defeated and you're going to be scattered. Ahab said, I'm putting you in prison. He said, you go ahead and put me in prison. But when you get killed on the battlefield, you know I was telling you the truth. You know what Ahab did? Ahab heard what he wanted to hear, but he disguised himself so they wouldn't see a king in battle. He knew they weren't telling him the truth just as much as Jehoshaphat knew they weren't telling him the truth. And hear me well, I plead with you. I, I'm not angry, I'm not upset, I'm pleading with you tonight to say when somebody doesn't tell you the truth, don't do what they say, do what the scripture says. 
when they went into battle, the first thing they wanted to do in a battle was to kill the king. If they could kill the king, they could, they could, take, they could take the army. And so they looked for the people that were the kings. So Ahab, he wore clothes of just a servant, just a common person. They didn't see Ahab and shoot him. You know what a fellow did? He took an arrow, he put it in his bow. He just let it fly. Nobody took aim at Ahab. But God took that arrow and he put it right in the center of Ahab's back. And that's where he died. You know what's sad? Ahab knew all along, I hired these liars to tell me what I want to hear. I plead with you. When you've listened to those who tell you what you want to hear, and your life as a young man or a young lady is wrecked and ruined because you paid for their lies, pray that God will give you the opportunity and the grace to get back to doing what's right to do because I'm telling you, destruction always comes to those who rebel against the word of God. Ahab knew better. We need to speak the truth according to the word of the Lord to those who we would influence. Hey, fifth graders, you ought to tell the truth. Sixth graders, seventh graders, don't ever let anybody criticize your mom and dad or their mom and dad. Don't ever let folks criticize authority to you. They're looking for your courage to borrow. Speak the truth to your peers. Speak the truth at work. Speak the truth to the lost. I'd rather an unsaved man be angry at me and know I've told him the truth than for an unsaved man to say, hey, that preacher's my buddy. He's all right. I'd rather for the truth to be respected than to be in everybody's fan club. There's seven statements I want to make, and I'll do that in five minutes or less. Number one, desire to walk in truth. Nobody is trying to keep us from enjoying life. If anybody wants you to enjoy life, God does. When Jesus prayed for us, here's what he prayed. Father, I pray that they would have my joy fulfilled in them. That's what Jesus prayed for me. You think he gave me the Bible to keep me from having fun? No, he gave me the Bible as a guideline, as a guardrail, as a light, as a lamp to keep me in the way of right, to keep me in the way of truth so that my marriage can be one that is enjoyable, so that my home, so that my life can be one that is enjoyable. I say to you tonight, seek the truth. Seek to walk in the truth. Second of all, seek truth from the word of God. Read the word of God. 
Read the Proverbs. Read them again and again and again. There's so many statements of wisdom. All of the Bible is important. That book of Proverbs is a book of warning. Uh, so many, so many important statements that we get in our hearts and in our minds every day. Seek truth from the Word of God. Number three, seek godly counselors who will always tell you the truth regardless. Here's what most folks say. I'll ask her, but I know what she's going to say. You know why? Because she always tells the truth. Why don't you go ask your grandma? Well, I, I can, but I know what she's going to say. You know why? Grandma's always told you the truth. I'll ask the preacher, but I know what he's going to say. I, I, I'll ask my dad, but I know what he's going to say. We've all made that statement. We've all said, I know what he's going to say. May I say tonight, seek godly counselors who will tell you the truth regardless, even if it hurts. May I say tonight, a wise man is not only looking for instruction, he is looking for correction. He is looking for someone that can help him not hurt his life or destroy his marriage or his life. Seek godly counselors. Number four. Truth is always right and good. And it always pays in the end, not the beginning. Truth is always right and good. But truth pays in the end, not in the beginning. Number five, truth's not always the majority opinion. Truth is not always the majority opinion. 1 Kings 22, the ratio was 400. To one. What's interesting is Ahab said, Yeah, I know another fellow. I know somebody else beside these 400. I know he's going to say, He never does tell me what I want to hear. But truth always pays in the end. Truth is not always in the majority opinion. Number six, truth is not determined by the current behavior of others. Right is not determined by the behavior of others. It is determined by what God says in his word. God is so patient and long-suffering we often misunderstand. And we look at folks that are behaving in a way that's against the scripture and we, we come quickly to the conclusion, well, there must not be anything wrong with it. Look at them, they're doing it, but we've not looked for, for, further enough. Far. We ain't looking far enough. You got it the way I said it the first time. We're not looking farther, further, which is right, further or farther. You'll not forget this one. Stay out of my preaching. Um, you better look further down the road because truth is always right. Number seven, for every exception to the rule, so-called, you'll find 10,000 times the rule is right. Ahab was killed in battle. His life could have been saved. He said to 400 men that he paid to tell him a lie. Fellas, do you think I should go take this city and take that spoil? Yes, sir, Ahab, you can do it. You ought to go take that city. You ought to go and we vote unanimous. There's not a dissension among us. Ahab knew they were not telling him the truth. 
and he lost his life because he listened to people who would tell him what he wanted to hear rather than telling him the truth. I ask you the question tonight, who's your priest? Who's your prophet? Made tonight, the choice of counselors of children be a godly mom and dad. That's who you ought to go to first. I want to ask you, mom and dad, first. A mom and dad that walks in the scripture is going to agree with the preacher that walks in the word of God. Stand with me tonight. If somebody asks you tonight in the dorm room, what do you think I should do about this? You ought to be very careful about giving the answer. Somebody asks you after church, what do you think about this? You better think before you give an answer, especially if it's a decision of right or wrong or the potential of wrong. What we want to do is live the truth. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight to hunger.